Hello and welcome to Your Town Crime. How you doing, Shannon? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. If this is your second time listening to our podcast, we appreciate you coming back. If this is your first time, go back and listen to our first episode of Andrews, Texas. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun week uh, getting to see um, getting to see how many people are listening to our podcast. It's uh, it's it's up. We had some interesting. We had people listening in other countries. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they thought we sounded like here yeah. in little East Tennessee. <laughs> yep. Hicks, like we are. <laughs> we deserve it. But, uh, yeah, we had Germany and Australia. So, shout out to Germany and Australia. Thanks for listening. Um, appreciate that. And uh, drop us a line on our, uh, on our email and say hi. Or, you know, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Any of that stuff. Follow us. Uh, let's see. I'll just go ahead and tell you, tell you what our Instagram is. It's Your Town Crime Pod. That's our handle there. Our Twitter is uh, at crime underscore town. Hadn't done a lot with that yet, but uh, go ahead and follow us. And uh, Facebook's Your Town Crime Podcast. You can find us there. Uh, you can also find us online at yourtowncrimepodcast.com, and you can link to all that stuff there if you uh, didn't catch me. You can email us at yourtowncrimepod at gmail.com. Diving right in today to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, if you remember, every week at the end of the episode, we're going to throw a dart at a map. And, um, and last week, we, we landed on Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. All right, getting right into it. We, uh, we are a true crime podcast, but we don't like to just focus on the crime because there's more to a town than it's crime. Uh, Broken Arrow is a beautiful town from what we've seen and what we've found. And we just want to we want to let you know about the entire town, and also talk about the uh, the awful awful crime that happened there. Yes, uh, Shannon will be getting that in a little bit. Yeah, she uh. did, yeah, she's not <laughs> excited. Yeah, that's the hard thing about true crime is that uh, they're true, and uh, this really happened. And uh, you know we're we're looking we we don't understand why these things happen, so uh, that's why we. We we look at these cases and we try to somehow I don't know if not make sense or wrap our heads or I don't know I don't know it's just uh we can't believe that somebody would do this and it's it's just interesting to to get in that yes to get into their mindset and try to figure it out and maybe maybe we'll see something learn something where we can mm-hmm. stop it from happening again yes. Now, this is awful. Uh, this is this one's bad today. So just uh, hang on. Uh, if you're pretty sensitive and uh, you know it's, it gets pretty rough, uh, but but first, let's talk about the good. Okay. All right. Um, so what did you think of when you when we hit Broken Arrow, Oklahoma? Had you ever heard of it? No, but I thought like Indian Reservation sounds. Yeah. Well, that yeah, and and that's why it is called Broken Arrow. It, it is a it is an Indian name, and I'll talk about that in a second. But something I thought of when I heard Broken Arrow, <laughs> a <laughs> movie. It was a movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, there was a movie in 1996 called Broken Arrow. Have you have you seen it? No. No, you know you don't know who's in it or anything. Don't know anything about it. No. Nope. It's John John Travolta. You okay. know who he is, right? Yeah, I know yeah, who he is. Christian Slater. <laughs> that's, yeah, Christian Slater. The 80s teen icon he uh i guess john travolta was a 70s teen icon they uh john travolta steals an airplane uh with nuclear warheads on it and christian slater tries to stop him so <laughs> it's a pretty good movie 
Um, but uh, we also broke an arrow not long ago. Me and my son, we watched uh, Where the Red Fern Grows. Have you ever seen that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you read the book? Have you heard of the book? Yes. Okay. I mean, I feel like we had to read that in school. Yeah, I, we, we read it sometime in school and then watched the movie, and I've seen the movie a few times. I have a terrible memory, though. Yeah. It's got to really stand out. Yeah, I wonder how many times I'm going to stump you. I think I stumped <laughs> you a few times last week on some pop culture stuff. So, yeah. I feel like this is older pop culture. Well, the first movie was, I mean, it was before my time. It's a, you know, it's an old, I don't know if it's Disney or whatever, but it was, you know, it was from the 70s for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Where the Red Fern Grows, it's, uh, if you haven't seen that, you need to find the classic version. I think it's from the early 70s, late, late 60s, early 70s. It's a good movie. Uh, and then they redid, a, redid it back in the 2000s sometime because Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews <laughs> Band. Now, I have heard the of them. Yeah. But it's a really good story about a son, or about a boy and his, uh, his dogs. He was a coon hunter. And uh, anyway, he goes to, uh, this, this takes place outside of Broken Arrow. Uh, he goes to Tahlequah. It's just east of, uh, of Broken Arrow. He goes there to buy his dogs. So. Okay. So anyway, so that's that's the the connection there. Uh, so I thought that was neat. Uh, you got got kids watch that with them. It's a pretty good, pretty good movie, and it's a great story. Uh, all right, but that's enough with the <laughs> the fiction. We'll get in, into the facts. Uh, Broken Era is in Tulsa County, and it's a suburb of Tulsa. It's the largest suburb suburb of Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Won't have trouble saying that word. Last week it was hard to (laughs) to get Texas and Tennessee straight, and now I'm going to try to say suburb. (laughs) So it's the largest suburb of Tulsa. There's almost a million people in Tulsa, and uh, there's about 112,000 people in in Broken Arrow. Wow. Yeah. But this is what's crazy. In 1970, there was only 11,000 people in Broken Arrow. (laughs) That is crazy. So it has grown. I mean, that was, that's just a little bit. That's twice as big as our small town. That's, that's nothing. 11,000 is a small town. Right. And now they've got over 100,000 in the last 50 years. So, hmm. uh, And part of that, that happened because they built the Broken Arrow Expressway in the 60s, and it brought a lot of people out outside the city into Broken Arrow and linked the two. So, yeah, back then I'm sure Broken Arrow felt more like a – a small town away from Tulsa, and now you probably can't even tell the difference mm. uh, between the two. Uh, like you were talking about earlier, you said it. You thought it sounded like uh, like something Native American. Yes. Yeah, that's what it. That's where the name comes from. There was a. As I'm sure we're gonna find out in future episodes, a lot of our history is gonna have to do with. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna Native American history is gonna come into play just about every week. I'm sure. Uh, because we, our history, the United States history, that wasn't too ple- pleasant uh, for Native Americans, and and that's what happened here. The Creek uh, Creek tribe that was in Alabama uh, during the Trail of Tears, they moved them out west and moved them out close to Broken Arrow to a reservation, and I think they they got moved even farther later. Uh, but this happened back in the in the 1830s. The Creek people um, lived in a place in Alabama called. They call Broken Arrow, and when they moved uh, moved to Oklahoma, they named that area Broken Arrow too. And um, and then in the 1902, the Missouri, Kansas, and Texas Railroad 
they planned a railroad through the area, and uh, they brought a bunch of sites in, in this town, settled the spot um, right outside Tulsa, and they, they kind of stole the name from a community, from the Indian community that was south, a little bit south of, of where Broken Arrow is now. Uh, so now this place is called Broken Arrow. Is that, I mean, it's just a few miles. It wasn't it wasn't far, so they just kind of barred the name and moved it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how Broken Arrow came to be. It's not a very old town. Like I said, 1902, uh, 1903 is when it was started officially. Agriculture and coal were the first uh, the first big economies that were there in Broken Arrow. Um, it was in the early days. It was corn, oats, and cotton. Uh, and they had a few uh, few coal mines there, um, but now it's it's ranked third in Oklahoma in its concentration of industries. And one of the industries, this is exciting, is Bluebell Creameries. Oh yeah, yeah. you heard Bluebell ice cream. Yes, but around here, around here, yeah, <laughs> it's Mayfields. Mayfields is the big the big ice cream around here. We do have Bluebell, but Mayfields. Is number one in our hearts. Yes. In East Tennessee, <laughs> we're not too far from from the the dairy, um, where they process all the ice cream, make it ice cream, and just like uh, here, you can go to Mayfields and get a sample. Uh, if you're heading down 75 between Knoxville and Chattanooga, um, get close to Athens. You should head off into Athens, Tennessee, and go to Mayfields Ice Cream and get you a sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're in Blue, if you're in Bluebell. <laughs> If you're in Broken Arrow, Broken Arrow you can stop by Bluebell Creameries okay. and go get a sample of their, their ice cream there. It's really good. I've had it before. Uh, so, that's you've never had the, it. That's in the big tub, right? Yeah, it's in a pretty big tub. I think they're round and they've got the like the whole lid comes off, the uh-huh. entire lid, lid comes off. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. So, they're, uh looks a little different, but mm-hmm. kind of like a Cool Whip mm-hmm. uh, container, but bigger. A lot yeah, bigger. A lot bigger and with a lot more goodness inside. They are generous with yeah. their ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There another industry that's in Broken Arrow is FSI, a Flight Safety International. Uh, they make um, they make flight simulators, and they have 675 employees, and more than half of them are engineers. So if you're an engineer, if you're an aeronautical engineer, probably already have heard of this place and you probably already know broken arrow is a pretty good place to get a job but you might want to head that way uh it's a it's a beautiful town uh so that sounds like a good place for engineers mm-hmm. uh they're they're re- revitalizing downtown now um there's a lot of old victorian houses there that kind of kind of gone down over the years but but they're starting to bring those back and revitalize their their main street and they call that the rose district and um a lot of nightlife, a lot of shops. Uh, they also have roses. They have flowers there and stuff that uh, that make it look really beautiful. And uh, nightlife shops, restaurants. If you go to Broken Arrow, you need to go downtown. Go to the Rose District. I'm sure, if you can't find it, somebody will point you in that direction. That just sounds cool. Yeah, the it does. Rose District. The Rose District. You know, just going down the Rose District to hang out. <laughs> sounds fancy. And, uh, yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah, and all those old Victorian houses, I bet it's beautiful. Uh, they're, you know, driving down Main Street and checking out all those, or walking down Main Street on a nice, nice spring day. So, uh, th- let's see. Another thing they have is uh, they've got a big festival. Uh, it's a pretty quiet town. You know, it's, uh, 
it hasn't been booming for very long. Just, you know, 50 years is pretty short in, uh, in human history. So, um, but they do have something, a festival there. And it's, last year was the 89th year that they celebrated. And it's the Rooster Day Festival. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, back, back before, you know, when there wasn't very many people living here, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of chicken farms there. A lot of chicken, <laughs> chicken fl- flocks of chicken, <laughs> a lot of chicken farms there. And uh, they, you know, if you have a rooster uh, around a bunch of hens, they, it, it kind of messes everything up. So they don't want a lot of roosters. They're not very valuable uh, because they don't make eggs. Uh, so they had a rooster culling day. They were trying to get 5,000 pounds of roosters. Um, Goodness. Yeah, a guy was going to try. Uh, you know, that's, that was the first year that they had it. They were going to try to get 5,000 pounds of roosters in uh, on that day, and they got a lot more than that. Uh, but it, every year they celebrate this. It's the 89th year. Today it doesn't have much to do with uh, roosters because, you know, there's not a lot of places for, for chicken farms <laughs> yeah. in, in Broken Arrow now with 100,000 people. Uh, but they do have live entertain, entertainment. Uh, they've got a parade every year, a carnival, a food, a wine garden, market, uh, Miss Rooster Days. I'm sure that's exciting. Go to the Miss Rooster Days uh, competition and uh, see all those beauties. <laughs> Corn, <laughs> cornhole tournaments. Uh, and they've got an egg hunt, of course. you got chickens, you got an egg hunt. So maybe you can hit it the next time you're there. All right, so... Um, let me talk you about, I found something interesting. There's a guy from Broken Arrow, and uh, there's all kinds of interesting people there. There's a lot of, a lot of sports figures that, that, that were from there. Nothing, nobody that really stood out. But I did find one guy. His name was Ralph Blaine. And um, with Hugh Martin, he, um, he helped write the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh. So we just got through Christmas, and I'm sure, sure some of you – heard that song or sang that song it's a very popular christmas song wait be. he was a sports player no he wasn't he was oh, a, okay. he was, was a <laughs> he was a musician and uh he wrote okay. music and um let's see meet me in st louis was the first time this song was sang on film and judy garland sang it and he helped write the score for that or there was a controversy there uh, i don't know much <laughs> about it but evidently hugh martin says he wrote everything oh. and ralph blaine got Got the, got some of the credit or got half the credit. I don't know why. There's a whole story there. If you want to dive in, it doesn't have anything to do with Broken Arrow, <laughs> and you can find it. But evidently, they uh, they squabbled a little bit after uh, this came out. But uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas, and I hope you guys did have a merry little Christmas. <laughs> uh, Shannon, I'll uh, I'll let you get into get into the true crime that happened in Broken Arrow. Okay. This crime is depicted as one of the worst murders in Broken Arrow history. I would personally label it as one of the most gruesome murders that I've ever read or researched or seen. This, yeah, I would too. This is, this is bad. Yeah, and I'm going to try to make it to where you can understand because there's a lot of people involved in this. Um and it's a it's a family, the Bever family. On the night of July twenty second, two thousand fifteen, not too long ago, Robert and Michael Bever, two brothers, set out to complete their premeditated murder on their family. 
And Robert was at the age of 18 at the time, and his brother, his younger brother, was 16. So they were two years apart, and they had this whole plan about researched and bought ammunition and knives and made YouTube videos um, on how they were going to kill their family. But not only kill their family, they were planning to kill people outside of Broken Arrow. Um, their whole motive, which we'll get into later, but they had talked about wanting to be famous. Um, so that's where... <clears throat> yeah, and I read Trying to Beat Columbine. Yes, they had seen how, or read how the Columbine killers had got so much media attention, and they wanted the same. So on the night of July 22nd, 2015 at about 11:30 p.m. police in Broken Arrow had received a disturbing phone call by Daniel Bever who was 12 years old at the time. Daniel is the younger brother of Robert and Michael. He was letting the police know that his brother was attacking his family. Screams and loud commotion was heard on the telephone before the line was disconnected. Dispatchers immediately were able to trace the call back to the address of the Bever home. So I could just imagine how scary that would be for Daniel to, the police don't know this, but right. to know that it's your brothers attacking your family. Right. Um, so when pl police arrived at the house, blood was seen on the front porch. When they got to the front door, they knocked and heard a faint, low voice calling for help. Yeah. And I, I read that as they walked up on the porch that they, they'd already spotted blood on the porch. Yeah. And that's just, God, that's awful. That's just awful to be. Thank you, uh, police officers, for what you do to have to walk up on things like that. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> police were able to force their way into the Bever home. Immediately upon entering the home, police found Crystal Bever, who was 13 years old at the time, she was bleeding profusely from multiple stab wounds. Um, I had or watched a video from one of the first responders on the scene that said they don't know how she was able to still be alive. There was that much blood. Mm -hmm. um, so she was profusely bleeding from multiple stab wounds. Authorities were able to pull her from the home. Seconds later, authorities discovered Daniel Bever and the rest of the victims who were all deceased. When police arrived at the home, Robert and Michael fled out the back door, where they soon were apprehended by a canine unit. So after police found Crystal Bever, who was a 13-year-old, they went into each room because they didn't know who the who were the victims, who is the assailant, is there one, is there two, is, is the whole family right. gone? What's they didn't know on? what they were looking at. And in every room they were going into, it was... Another child, oh, no. a mother, yeah. a father. I just cannot even fathom as a mom, a parent, you know, and you know some of these police officers where they had kids or right. just to have to see that crime scene would be awful. But as they were going through the home, Robert and Michael, the two older brothers, fled out the back door where they were soon apprehended by a canine unit. Just wonder how... An 18 and a 16 year old, how they were able to pull that off, you know, with their family. With I mean, right. how how did that happen? Well, I, I read that they thought that that maybe uh, 
they maybe they acted like that one of them was getting attacked by another one, so they would run in. Mm-hmm. They would run in and see what was going on, and then they surprised them and, and just kind of jumped their own family. Yeah. Like, Dad, Dad, come help her quick. And then he runs in the door, and they go to doing what they did. Yes. So I had read where um, one of the, I think it was the one sister was in the room with Robert and Michael, and the younger brother had her looking at his computer or mm-hmm. something like to distract her and then the older brother went behind her and slashed her neck oh, yeah. and then stabbed her multiple times and when the where the mom had came entered the room and you know they of course had blood on them and then the the sibling is there motionless and so the mom is wondering who's in the house and they acted like you know just like you said that it was a surprise attack um, and they were able to attack the mom. So allegedly it was believed that one of the brothers was able to lure his family out by pretending that he was being attacked. Five people in the Bever family were brutally stabbed to death. The father, David, had 28 stab wounds to the face, neck, torso, and arms. Their mother, April, received 48 stab wounds to the head, neck, torso, and arms. Daniel Bever, who was 12 years old, had nine stab wounds to the back and the shoulder. The other brother, Christopher, who was seven at the time, had seven stab wounds to the back and the chest. Their sister, Victoria, who was only five years old, had 18 stab wounds to both sides of her neck, her chest, and her back. Crystal Bever shockingly survived the attack, but was critically injured from the wound she received. She was able to identify her two brothers as the assailants in the attack. She told police that her brothers lured her into her bedroom before slashing her neck and stabbing her multiple times in the stomach region. Thankfully, the two-year-old sibling, Autumn, was in her, her room and the brothers forgot about her. Through the chaos, the, the police came at the right time and the and two-year-old was... yes. They came right away. Yes. Um, she was found alive and unharmed inside of her bedroom. Both of the surviving children were put in state's custody, and both parents and three children were all stabbed to death and deceased. Michael and Robert Bever had knives, hatchets, a dagger was found inside the home, along with protective gear that they had planned to use. But it wasn't just like a chest covering they had like full body armor right. like their arms and their legs and wow. shins um yeah things that normal 15 and 18 year olds walk around the house in right sorry i read that yeah and i saw where um in this video that i s- documentary that was on oxygen right. they had depicted what had happened and the older brother michael had a job In his job, he would pray with people. They would call this helpline, and Hmm. he would pray with people. And so that was his job. So he got an account, like a bank account, and he was buying this armor and these knives, and they had guns and all kinds of stuff. And according to close-by neighbors, the parents homeschooled all their children and restricted them from playing and talking to other children and, and neighbors. The neighbors also stated that they didn't even know the full name of the parents until the reports came out from the news. The defense attorneys for Robert and Michael stated that their father, David, 
was verbally and physically abusive to his children. The older brother, Robert, did a full confession that he committed all crimes and said that him and his brother planned the attack for some time. Robert also stated that him and his brother planned to commit a shooting spree outside of the family, hoping they would outdo the 1999 Columbine high school shooting. They had planned to just go down, hijacking the car, stopping at the gas station, killing some people there, going to the grocery store, and just every stop killing more and more people. Um, Robert also stated that him and his brother planned out what they would do with the bodies after they murdered them. They had these diaries and they would, or journals, and they would write in them. And they had like a checklist of everything they needed to commit the murder. They had planned out where they were going to put the bodies. And then they wanted... Robert had already had a YouTube channel that he would make videos right. on. And so they their plan was to show the bodies with their camera, them deceased, upload it to YouTube so that people could see it and view it and then go do their shooting spree. Yeah, they found cameras like in the in the crime scene, like as in the rooms, like they were, you know, had we're filming it and dropped them. And yes, all that stuff. they were not expecting their sibling to be able to get to a phone to call police. Right. Thankfully, he, Daniel was able to get to the phone and call police so that it saved his sister, his two sisters. Robert and Michael's plan was to to dismember his, their family's bodies and place them in storage bins and hide them in the attic. They planned to steal the family car, leave Oklahoma reach populated areas and kill five random people by shooting to later achieve a body count of at least 50 people. Later, police were able to find out that Robert had ordered a shotgun, two Glock pistols, 2,000 pistol rounds, and 250 shotgun rounds that were to be delivered on July 23rd. So they committed the murder the night before hoping that the mail carriers would bring their guns and ammo so that they could continue on their shooting spree. They planned to kill their family the night before receiving the guns and ammo so their dad couldn't find them first. Robert and Michael had hopes of becoming famous serial killers and had an infatuation with killing. Robert Fever pleaded guilty to all counts and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And Michael Bever... The younger sibling was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. And I will say, watching the court tapes of them after when they were coming to be sentenced from the judge, they were sitting beside each other, and it was so eerie and left me feeling really just gross and heavy because they were laughing with each other. They... It was just really disgusting and disturbing. Do you remember the name of the documentary? If you want to watch the documentary, um, it was Killer Siblings on the Oxygen Network. And it was, they showed clips of their YouTube. And you would think, looking at his YouTube, he was just a normal 18-year-old kid. Or he was probably 17 at the time of those. But it is really disturbing how there was just no emotion. A disconnect there. Uh, this is obviously an an awful an awful crime. Um, 
first I want to I want to say thank you to Daniel, the son, the boy, the brother that called the cops first. That that was very brave, and uh, he didn't make it. He didn't survive the attack. But I just wanted to say his name um, to give so his name still out there. So it's not just his his brothers and the awful thing that they did out there. That it's his name's out there. That Daniel, uh, I want to thank him for what he did, and and good job to Crystal for for fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, and and put her name out there again. And Autumn was the baby, mm-hmm. and uh, just say that your names are out there, and you guys, uh, you know, just want to put their name out there for some good in the world. Um, also, some more good in the world uh, that's happened since this, of course. You know, nothing's going to take this away, uh, but the the town of Broken Arrow, uh, in 2017, the city council announced that they plan to raise money uh, through the Tulsa Community, Community Foundation to uh, for the acquisition of the, the Bever family home. They hoped that they had enough money to, that they could uh, purchase it from the mortgage company that, that held it. Uh, but in 2017, uh, there was a fire... Um, yeah, they wanted to tear it down. Oh, God. Hold on a second. In uh, February 2017, Broken Arrow City Council announced a plan to raise money uh, through the Tulsa Community Foundation to acquire the Bever family home and uh, buy it from the mortgage company that, that, that held it. And uh, if, if enough funds were raised, they were going to tear the, the house down and put a memorial park and garden in it called the Bever, Bever family First Response Memorial Memorial Park called the Bever Family First Responders Memorial Park. And um, in March 2017, the house was destroyed by fire. And uh, in 2019, March 2019, Reflection Park was dedicated in an official ceremony. Uh, There's a path that meanders through a a knoll of grass where the Bever, Bever House once stood. So now you can go there, and it's a beautiful park. And where this awful thing happened, there's now beauty, and and you know the that house is gone. And even though the memory's not, there's some uh, there's some beauty that's that that is there now uh, to take place of that ugly sight. So it's uh, so a good job, Broken Arrow, doing that. And yes. Yeah, that's that's great. And I will say, you know how earlier you said. Some things we could learn something from or take away in awful situations. We should do that in any kind of situation. But I know, now know that, you know, you can shelter your kids, but you need to really make sure you know what they're watching. And these kids, apparently, you know, their parents sheltered them. They couldn't do extracurriculars. They didn't get to hang out with other neighborhood kids, and they were homeschooled, but they their electronics were not monitored, and right. they saw a lot of violence on there, and it's just really important to pay attention to what your kids are watching. Right. And Crystal Bever actually said that she told her parents that um, the brothers, she was scared of them, getting right. all the knives and stuff, collecting them, and her mom just brushed it off and said she thought it was just yeah, boys will just be boys. Boys being boys, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which could could have been, but in this instance, it wasn't. It wasn't. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times if you're um, if you shelter your kids, you end up with uh, stinky kids. 
they figure out a way to get around everything. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, sad. Um, love, your, love your kids. Teach them right from wrong. Watch what they're doing and raise them upright. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can. Um, all right. Uh, also, I, I thank the the police department there earlier, but they responded quick because mm-hmm. they don't they don't have calls like this a lot. Right. So they responded quickly. They got there. They saved Crystal's life for sure. Mm-hmm. There's no way she would have lived as amount of, with the amount of blood that Shannon was talking about. Oh no. There's no way she would have lived if they didn't show up. So that's great. Good job, Broken Arrow Police yes. Department. And they would have they would have went to go get that baby if the yeah, police hadn't that's showed true. up. Yeah, yeah. they would have remembered mm-hmm. her. Uh, you saved two lives there, and that's uh, that's wonderful. Uh, so good good job. Shout out to them. And I want to take it back to some good things in Broken Arrow and talk about the good things and what uh, you know to 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 bring those to light. In 2007, now this was before this all happened, but I'm sure it's still the same. Uh, this was just a blip, and, you know, it's not something that's going to happen a lot, and hopefully never again. Uh, but in 2007, Broken Arrow was, was voted the 22nd safest city in the nation, so that's not, that's not too shabby. Uh, it's high on the list of best places to live. Um, uh, it's one of the most affordable, affordable suburbs in the nation. Top 10 best towns. Uh, for families so you know it's just a wonderful town mm-hmm. uh, like I said this was just a blip in their history uh, it was two bad kids that uh, that added to the history but they're not going to define the city uh, and things that you can do when you go to when you go to Broken Arrow this comes from the crazy uh, this is just a few on his list the list you can go to the performing out art center uh, excuse me you can go to the P- performing art center uh, you can see some Broadway shows there or, you know, some uh, some good theater there. Uh, you can go to Old Joe's Barbecue. Old Joe's. Old Joe's, yeah. <laughs> Old Joe, D- Joe Davison. <laughs> he's a world-famous barbecue pit master. Uh, he was world champ- world champion. I don't know if he's world-famous. I didn't, I hadn't, I've heard of his name, but I hadn't heard of this guy. I know another Joe Davison. Uh, oh, that's really his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just throwing that in there. No, that that's really, really his funny. name. Really, his name's Joe Davidson, <laughs> and he's uh he's the world champ barbecue pet master. I don't know what year, uh, but evidently that barbecue is pretty good. Uh, so I'd check that out and go to the Bass Pro or the Pro Bass, depending uh-huh. on who who you are and what you call it. Some guys, <laughs> I know some people call it the Pro Bass. Go go up there, that Pro Bass. <laughs> All right. Um. The Bluebell ice creamery, ice cream creamery, and we talked about that earlier. Go get you a, a sample of ice cream. Um, you can go to the Persimmon Holler Village. It's an old west, an old western town uh, replica. Uh, they've got shops, handcrafts, a uh, little flea market, and all that kind of stuff. So a place to go spend some money with the family and and pretend like you're in the old west for a little bit. Uh, you can go to the historics. Society Museum is downtown um, Broken Arrow. Uh, go to the Rose District. I talked about that earlier. Go shopping. Go go eat. Go hang out at night. The nightlife's pretty pretty good down there, from what I hear. Um, yeah, you can go to Aces Alley. This was pretty cool. This is the FSI, the Flight Safety International. Um, that has to do with them with the flight simulators. You can go. You can learn to fly a real airplane. That or you would can be go, cool. You can go to the flight simulators, and you can fly 
all kinds of different airplanes in the flight simulators simulators and you can go with your buddies your friends your family and like compete and see who's the best oh i would be terrible i think i'd be good i want to think i'd be good i wanted to be that's one of my bucket lists to become a pilot really yeah i've always wanted to be a pilot when i was a kid i wanted to go to air force academy and i wanted to be i want to be a pilot I don't know if that's exactly the best route. When I was a kid, that's what I thought. Uh-huh. But I've got awful eyesight, and we went. To, we, this is an awful story. A sad story. We went to the Air Force Academy, and we were on vacation, and went through Colorado Springs. And uh, my dad's like, "Yeah, my son's thinking about coming here." I was probably ten, twelve, and I had an Air Force Academy hat and everything. Like I was set. <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, "I wore glasses then," and uh, so he's like. He's like, why do you want to come here? I was like, well, I'd like to be a pilot when I grow up. And he said, uh, do you have to wear those glasses all the time? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'm sorry, son. I don't think you're going to be a pilot. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> dreams were shattered quickly. I mean, I was 10, 12 years old, and my dreams were shattered. But uh, so not I today. didn't go to the Air Force Academy. I didn't go to the Navy to become a, a Navy pilot <laughs> because my eyesight is way worse than 2020. <laughs> Uh, still have contacts, got rid of the big glasses, but I got, so yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I would, I'll have to settle for the flight simulators or I guess I could fly. Uh, but I do want to take flying lessons for real. But, uh, anyway, I've that always sounds liked terrifying. It does. My mom, uh, my mom hates the idea. And, uh, but anyway, I might just not have to tell her, you know, I just won't tell her about that. <laughs> just go do it. I mean, I am a grown man, <laughs> mom. Moms are always <laughs> still, right. I, I know it's my mom, and I do. I still honor. I don't want to. I don't. I mean, I might give her a heart attack for real. <laughs> um, I told her. I told her when she dies. I said, uh, you know, after after you die, I'm going to fly over the air, uh, over the, <laughs> the over the the cemetery, and like tip my wing at you, <laughs> and, and I want to show up to the funeral home in a Harley. <laughs> she's like, don't, don't you never never buy a motorcycle. <laughs> never bought it you don't need one of those you're gonna get hurt and of course she's probably right you know everybody i know that's had ones had a wreck but uh but anyway i never bought a motorcycle just to keep my mom from having a heart attack plus you know risk reward risk reward for me uh anyway that's another story get a little personal there Uh, all right you can also go another place as the uh military history center in broken arrow it's in the rose district also of, it's a private collection of military memorabilia. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. And this is really cool. I just found this uh, right before we started. You can go to the BA Ninja Warrior School. Oh. Yeah. BA, okay. Broken, Arrow, Broken Arrow, or okay. BA, you know. All it's right. not B-E-A. <laughs> it's just BA Ninja Warrior. Um. And there, there was a guy that, that owns this gym or runs this gym or is part of this gym. I don't know exactly where. I didn't get that far in. But uh, he was on Ninja Warrior and competed and evidently did pretty good. I didn't recognize his name. I watched it a little bit, but pretty good. You can also learn how to be a professional bull rider or a bullfighter, you know, like the uh-huh. rodeo clowns, uh-huh. bullfighters, or a horse jockey or parkour. So <laughs> there's like it's a, a gym <laughs> that, that, that you can learn how to do Ninja Warrior stuff, like run up walls, uh-huh. do all the monkey bars and the jumping and the and bouncing and, you know, the well, all that stuff or bull riding <laughs> or fighting bulls or a horse jockey 
or parkour, which I guess goes into <laughs> the ninja, ninja warrior training. But I was like, well, that is wild. All that stuff is mixed together. But evidently, all the trainers are, are bull riders. So. Okay. Well, I feel like that would be a really fun atmosphere. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go there just to, just to see what's up. I'm not a ninja warrior, but uh, I'm not a bull rider either. And too old to, too old to do both, probably. So. But anyway, that's a lot of that's some of the things that you can do in Broken Arrow that are fun. Uh, you know, it's a it's a beautiful town, and we're glad that we got to see Broken Arrow. Uh, got to dive into Broken Arrow this week. Yes, it was very interesting. It was, it was. So uh, thank you, Broken Arrow. We've said Broken Arrow <laughs> like a million times, but that's what the episode's about. So that's what you get. Uh, all right, we're gonna throw a dart. We'll be back in just one second. Okay, it was uh, my turn to throw the dart this week. <laughs> we've been to Texas, and we've been to Oklahoma, and I was like, all right, we need to try to get away from, from the Mid-South um, or the South. And, and uh, guess where we guess landed. Guess where we are. <laughs> We're in Mississippi, right off the Mississippi River. So we didn't get too far north. We're, We're still in the South. We're just one state over from Oklahoma and, and Texas. So, uh, But that's okay. We landed on... Clarksdale, Mississippi. Clarksdale. Yeah, Clarksdale. So that, I think that's going to be a, that's, that's probably going to, there's a lot of history in Mississippi. It's on the Mississippi River, uh, close enough anyway. So uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of interesting history there. So come back next week and listen to Your Town Crime, Clarksdale, Mississippi. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Hey, also, <laughs> hey. before we go, hey. <laughs> Like, link, and subscribe on all the social media you can find. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, please. It helps us out. Uh, hopefully, we might make a little money doing this one of these days. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, we've had like 60 people listen to this thing. Yay. And uh, I know that's not a lot. We've only had one episode, so we're just wondering how it's going to grow. We don't even uh, know 60 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's barely more than that in our town. Uh, Spotify, we're also on there. It's really easy to share to Instagram on your stories. Uh, from Spotify. So if you want to do that, share from Spotify. That's probably the easiest I've seen. Apple, you can also share. You can probably share to Facebook and stuff like that. So help us out. Get our name out there. If you like what you see, uh, like what you hear, I guess you're not seeing a whole lot. <laughs> uh, but if you like what you're hearing, uh, please give us some help. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.